Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And you can write into the email bag, MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. And on this week's show, my guest is Raymond Hayden. Uh, we are going to be talking about the state of the music industry. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Tacoma music community, uh, his projects Grieve the Astronaut. He also has a new solo album called Accidental Grace, as well as other projects, including the Tacoma Love Show, which is going to be happening on Saturday, February 10th at Real Art Tacoma. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Without any further ado, it is... See, I even got like some fancy uh, music and stuff too. It is the what I think we're calling, if I got the copy points right, we're calling the State of the Music Union. <laughs> and uh, the Music Union, it sounds so official. I know, right? So, uh, joining me on the phone today is uh, my guest Ray Hayden. And you know, I uh, normally when I introduce my guests, I'll say like, "Hey, you know him from this band and this thing and that other stuff." But uh, my man, you you are so prolific and have so many irons and so many fires that if I started rattling off your current resume, I think that I would leave some stuff out. So why don't, why don't you just start off by introducing yourself and and uh, um, talk about some of the things you got going on? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, no, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you being on the show. You're a you're a good guy. And oh, by the way, uh, for those those of you out there listening, Mike is much much more handsome in person than he is on the radio, for sure. Well, that's half true. <laughs> it's half true. Yeah, now, we, that was uh, fun having you at Jasmine's Limber, Limberloss a couple weeks ago. But yeah, that yeah, was no, that man, was a I really think... fun show. Had had a blast out there. That was. I mean, and, and there was, and it was, and it was all. G13. There was no cocaine or anything like that. It was just straight, you know, some, some beers and some good music. It was good stuff. Yeah, but, uh, the the old fashioned kind of debauchery instead of the uh, the 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 less traditional kinds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, man, hey, I, hey, I appreciate you having me on the show. I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about what's going on in the world of music and um, as far as what I'm up to. Um, so I played a couple different bands. Obviously, my. My band, um, my own personal band, is Grieve the Astronaut, which is kind of a band. That's, it's an original band that is got some stylistic um, similarities to Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my main project. I play keys and uh, piano and sing lead vocal in that band. Um, and then I'm the keyboard player and background vocalist in the, another local band called Strange Girl Right, which is kind of like a super pop group, six piece group, two guitar players, and then standard instrumentation all the way around. Our lead singer Regan Lane was in the uh, um, the Baby Knockers and um, Stripes years back um, that were had 
critical acclaim around here and then actually did some touring over in Asia and stuff. And he's our main songwriter. Then I'm also um I'm also a keyboard player for Jessica Lynn, who's my wife, and that's country music and she's playing all over, you know, festivals and in in recording in Nashville and all that kind of good stuff. Um as you know I also play uh keys in Limberlost and do a little <laughs> bit of background vocals, not a lot. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know the story. You know the story there. Yes. Um, then, <laughs> Breaking yeah. news that we had on, on last week's show where uh Yeah, that was some great editing. Thank you. Yeah, our our good buddy Mike Burt reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, we're we're thinking about this." And I was like, "You know what? I I th- I think I've got some tools in my toolbox to where we could have some fun with that because apparently after that show, Ray, I don't know if you'd heard this or not, but basically, uh, Mike's phone started blowing up from the other members in the band saying, "Like, wait a second, is Ray really in the band now? Is this is this really a thing?" <laughs> So, so you got you got everybody all kinds of excited. I got everybody all riled up. Yeah, yeah. We'll, just leave, we'll just leave it. At, we'll just leave it at that. We'll we'll keep them even more confused, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but Ray, you know, like this is this is the first time that I've had the opportunity to chat with you one on one. But um, you know, I. I think you're one of the the few three time guests on the show because we talked to you uh, recently with Limberlost. Also, uh, you know, we we first met you here on the podcast as part of uh, Strangely All Right that uh, that great interview we did uh, not so long ago. But today, yeah, like like we were talking about, it's uh it's the uh, the state of the music union. But more importantly, um, you've got a lot of uh, uh, really cool stuff that you've got coming up that I think um, I. I think we should spend some time and really get into, including um, uh, something that you've got coming up on February 10th that you're going to be a part of that uh, that Tacoma Love Show. Um, why don't Why don't we start there because that's probably the most um, uh, thing that's coming up the soonest. Uh, you want You want to talk about sure. the Tacoma Love Show? Yeah, cool. No, I appreciate that. that. Look at you being all organized. Remember what we're going to talk about today. And I, like I said, I appreciate being back here. I mean, I get. I mean. Came to be on your show what, three times in a row. I mean, I yeah. guess you could say I was uh, maybe narcissistic. No, okay. um, <laughs> well, well but, this uh, no, also coming from a guy that named a podcast after himself. So, I see a lot true. of podcasts have clever names. Mine's just my name. It keeps it simple that way. But. What's your name again? <laughs> it's in the title. Um, yeah, yeah. Mike Cybert Radio. Mike Cyberry, no, I'm just kidding. I yeah, it. yeah, I know. Yeah, so, so, um, so it's a community love, yeah, man. Um, it's the Tacoma music community is um, is just uh, it, it, it's that community. Um, mm-hmm. um, artists, everyone comes out and supports each other and tells their fans about each other and um, just I mean that's it's kind of what happened back in the in the early mid '90s um, with the Seattle music scene and a lot of those bands were supporting each other and not supporting each other, but then talking smack behind each other's back. I mean, really, truly supporting each other. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the developers of this show um, are Kim Archer um, and then Jesse and Jared Ferdine of Champagne Sunday. And they say, hey, you know, we should get a bunch of the Tacoma local artists that are, um, are doing it, you know, um, are performing on a regular basis, putting – content and product out there and actually walking the talk of going out and supporting each other. So, you know, basically, you know, the Tacoma Love show is gathering with Tacoma artists that basically share their original songs 
And uh, and then on the other hand, we're going to raise money for um, Pierce County White ABCA and then also the Community Resource Center of Lincoln High School, um, which, is help, which helps um, um, homeless students. So um, not only is the local artists coming together, but, um, you know, uh, some of the proceeds are going to go back to those two, um, to those two foundations. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, basically the, the thing that basically when I asked Champagne Sunday and Kim Archer, you know, hey, what, what is it that bonds these artists together? And, and they said three things, simple, love for music, love for creative friends and love for community. And um, it's basically, it's a really, really cool format. Um, each artist will do three songs. And one song will be theirs, and then the other two songs, they're actually covering another artist that's playing in the show. Oh, so okay. One, they're, yeah, they're covering one another's music, so it's super, super, you know, original, cool idea. And I've been lucky enough to um, be at, the, you know, a rehearsal or two and listen to it come together, and it's pretty cool to hear um, Sister Madam doing Pain Outside the Line by Strange Hill Wright or um, Jessica Lynn, who's a country artist, doing, um, uh, which one? She has a strange old right song, too, um, I See the Sun. Um, or Kim Archer doing Ain't, Ain't That Shame, but, you know, Jessica Lynn. Kim Archer is an R&B, you know, uh, soul singer, and uh, pop as well, and she's doing a country song. It's just, anyway, you, I think you get the picture. It's just really, really cool to hear each other's perspective. Yeah. And, and hey. You know, our egos get that too, right? You hear your song done by somebody else. It's a pretty cool idea. Absolutely, and and that's one of my favorite things about uh, when artists do covers. Uh, usually, like in the the uh, mid to end of a live set, you know, like they they play a song that everybody knows, uh, really gets the crowd pumped into it, and where you guys get to cover each other's songs while you're all playing on the same bill. I I can't think of a show that's done that before. Um, I, I certainly haven't been one to like that, and um, I I just think that that's a really really cool concept and i i think that the folks that go and check out the tacoma love show again that's going to be on uh, february 10th at real art tacoma um they're uh, they're hopefully the folks that go will have just as much fun as you guys do because that that just it, it just sounds like a really really cool concept yeah i know it's and, and it's gonna be fun too i mean there's there's some things about the show that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mention because you don't want it to be a surprise i mean if you you know, if you're going to a show like this, you know, I mean, you, you want to keep some of the stuff, you know, um, as a surprise, right? I mean, just, you know, the uh, the whole, uh, you know, if, if you like, it's like going to see a movie and seeing yeah. all the good parts in the trailer, right? But, right. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I, I, um, I'd love to talk a little bit about the, uh, the different artists who are uh, in that show. Who are in the show? That's cool with you. Absolutely, no. That that sounds great. That's a uh, that's why we're here. <laughs> we're we we're, 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 yeah, we're, exactly. we are here to like fire up the hype train because that that show is this Saturday, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's this Saturday at the tenth. It's uh, like you said, it's uh, uh, Saturday, February tenth. Real at uh, Real Art, which is fifty four and twelve South Tacoma Way, mm-hmm. all ages. Um, tickets can be found at ticketfly.com. The doors open at six thirty. Shows at seven. And the artists are in no particular order. This isn't the order of them, but this is just giving you an idea who they are. Um, uh-huh. Kim Archer, Andrew Lynn, Sataria, Kristen Marlowe, Jessica Lynn, Champagne Sunday, Sister Madam, uh, Forrest Butel, and Strange Girl Wright. And those are the groups who are um, involved with the show. And that's the Saturday. And I, mean, I just can't, I don't know what else I can say about the show other than really great artists, 
uh, supporting each other, playing each other's songs, and uh, showing what the showing what the community in Tacoma is all about. You know, and it's it's super important. You know, I mean, you noticed. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think back to time. You know, we're talking about the state of the music scene, which we're going to get to. But yeah, a lot of that, a lot of the, uh, a lot of that, the music community, it's driven by relationships, right? You know, yep, relationships with the, with the newspapers and with like like you and I with with the guys doing radio, mm-hmm. or podcasts or whatever it is. You know, we all, you know, we're all in this thing together. We all need each other. And we, you know, we need the bands to write the music. We need the fans to come to the show so the clubs will book the bands. We need the clubs to have good sound systems and good staff. Um, so it's incumbent on the bands to bring in people so they make money, so they can pay their employees, and then be able to get people to know about the shows. We got to go to the newspapers and the radio and all that stuff. And so, you know, it's a big community. And you, we even see that on, on the, not only the level of the Tacoma community, right. just the artists, but like you. You know, mm-hmm. KGRG and, and, and Fairway Radio and NWC Radio and all these other different entities out there and some of the, you know, the, the big terrestrial stations. Um, you know, it's, everybody is, uh, everyone's working together to promote not just certain shows, but everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, um, something I'm sure we're going to spend some time talking about, but I remember I was uh, uh, talking to Chris Sicard from Waking Things uh, not too long ago, and we were talking about the Tacoma music scene and how it's such a tight-knit community and everybody supports each other. But one of the things that that I mentioned to him, and I I do not remember who I heard this from, um, but basically comparing the... um, that local scene, you know, the the two five three scene, kind of with um, the Seattle music scene, kind of like on on the cusp of the grunge era, like you know, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, Alice in Chains, you know, like all of them, like right before everybody hit it big, um, just uh, just that sense of community because everybody was going to each other's shows, you know, often sharing equipment and all of that. Um, all of that, um, and I was wondering if I could get your take on that. What uh, what you think? Uh, do you think there's any truth in that, or is that just something that that I'm I'm uh, making up? Um, I think I think that the I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, there's uh, a couple of years ago, um, yeah, a couple of years ago, the, the BBC was in town and they were doing a story on Tacoma. And um, I didn't get it. I haven't seen anything about it, but uh, people who I know that knew they were around and out and about taking photos and visiting and talking to people um, it knew about it. And I guess they said that, the, that there's all kinds of, you know, reports and or whatever things in the, in the news about the Tacoma, music, Tacoma community, not just the music community, but the Tacoma community, about how it's growing mm-hmm. and what moving here in the music scene. And you know, they said basically within five years, the music scene in Tacoma was going to be and other kind of like a sub hub, you know, one of the most hit places for music in the U.S., you know, other than you know, typical, you know, L.A., uh, Nashville, yeah. New York, um, Austin, Texas, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we've seen it, that coming to fruition. Um, you know, the, the infrastructure around us is building. Um, bigger companies are coming locally. Um, you know, more Tacoma is being continuously in the news about you know, one of the, you know, fastest growing cities in America. Um, just about a week or two ago, I heard something on Cairo News about um, how that Tacoma was listed as the place in the U.S. to go for small conventions. Um, and so, you know, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? Well, if the infrastructure and there's more, you know, there's, there's more businesses, more people, that means more people need to be entertained and have a distraction. What just so happens that the 
music, what's going on in the Tacoma music scene hasn't always been this way. I mean, there's been a bond that, you know, at times clicky. Um, but oh, now sure, everybody yeah. supports, everyone supports everybody. And there's no weird jealousy or weird egos about, you know, um, you know, posting and tagging people and, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in sharing in each other's audience and stuff like this. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, a lot of the, the success of the grunge um, scene in Seattle was because the bands loved each other and worked together and shared fans for sure. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. I see, I see the same kind of thing happening in Tacoma. Um, and the cool thing too, is it's not just because those bands were all about the same age, you know, where right. uh, band, bands of different genres and, mm-hmm. and, and age groups play like, like, uh, uh, Andrew Brooks, as we all in the music community in, in Tacoma know him as Brooksy. Yeah. 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 Great did, guy. Did right. Yeah, great guy. Did Rad Rad Fest at, yep. uh, at Louis G's, and uh, it was funny because uh, all the other bands, you know, you got like uh, oh, Cashing and Karma, which is uh, the bass player or not the bass player, but the drummer Will Chi and I have and Yeah, and we had a nice talk in the green room, and those, but those guys are a younger band, and they're mm-hmm. jumping up in the air, you know, and jumping off stage and going crazy, and and all the other bands are the same thing, like the Morning After. Yeah, and, I was and, uh, I was about to mention the Locomotive for sure. Yeah. Yeah, those guys, I mean, they're fantastic. And then you have Strange Your Light playing, you know, like in the third or fourth spot, and we're the old guys. Mm-hmm. But, but we are accepted by the crowd and by the other bands, and it's what's happening at Tacoma. It's not just, you know, it's it's not just the young bands going to see young bands and the young crowds. It's all around. Everyone is hip on um, everyone. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm just in the process right now of putting together a show um, this summer, a couple different shows, a little kind of Pacific Northwest tour for friends of mine in a band called Travis Larson Band. Oh, okay. And one of the shows, one of the shows I'm putting them together with is with Catching and Karma. Oh, nice. And, you know, yeah, and Travis Larson Band is instrumental rock music, and they've probably got 15 years, um, an age difference between Catching and Karma. But I was like, you know, maybe because the Tacoma community is the way it is, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you're going to have a younger crowd coming, an older crowd coming to see the other band, and both crowds are going to love both bands because both bands are really just truly give a shit about each other, and you can see it. You can feel it in the air. I mean, people who may not be from around here listening to this may think that I'm just over, being overly positive or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it, it's, it's not. It's the truth. You've seen it. You've been out there. You can, oh, you yeah. can feel it. It's, there's, it's, that, it's like when you say an artist has that it factor. Yes. Well, the coma music scene right now has the it factor. It's Something is something really big is bubbling. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a crackle, there's a there's a vibe to it, there's a life to it when when you go out to a local show because you know, and I I I mentioned this to just about every artist that I talked to in one of these interviews, but prior to uh, being a part of this uh, uh, Tacoma music community, um, you know, uh, uh, through uh, through my work at KGRG was that you know my my exposure to seeing shows was paying a couple hundred dollars to see a concert at key arena and i remember one of the guys that i was on a show with on kgrg um actually had to like break it down for me explain to me the difference between a concert and a show i'm like oh i get it now and then you know it kind of breaks down even further than that you know like with local shows and and things like that but after after uh, spending the last several years checking out local shows and going out to shows and being part of the scene, I um 
I don't know what would make me want to turn back around and throw down those couple hundred dollars to see something. You know, you know, I mean, it's like it's like mm-hmm. once once you experience the 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 visceral intimacy of being like, you know, seeing a show at like, say, Jazz Bones or even uh, not even Elko, like the Fun House, you know, something where it's like it's a super small, intimate venue with a band that wants to be there playing their asses off, putting everything out there, leaving everything on the stage. There, there's there's a uh, magnetism to that that that's uh, that's totally undeniable. That you know, um, again, part of the reason why I kind of advocate so hard for the scene is that. I didn't know it was there. It's it's kind of like uh, uh, making this whole discovery, and like like I've shared with my listeners in the past, it's like my my taste in music has radically changed. Um, you know, because I I used to be just like everybody else, where you know I I would just listen to what the record companies would tell me to listen to, and now I like the stuff that my friends make. You know that kind of thing, and and supporting you know independent music and and local artists. Sure. Well, I mean, it's a. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, it's a. There's no way that in, in a in a in a podcast that we could go over the whole history of the music scene and the right. ups and downs and the you know pluses and minuses and double edged swords and all that stuff. But you know, there's 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 a lot to be said for music scene of yesterday. Um, you know, if you notice that a lot of music that came from the, you know, 60s, you know, even 50s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Sure. Um, and even to, to a degree in 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice, um, a lot of that stuff is, 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 is referred to as classics. You know, either classic or yeah. classic pop or classic rock or sure. whatever. I mean, and you hear them in movies to this day and in radios and casinos and, and music and on hold and wherever you go. Um, there, and at that time, you know, there was a lot of that going on. I mean, a lot of, you know, record companies would basically, there's payola, pay, paying radio stations to push these artists and do all this kind of stuff. And, and some people, people could really complain about that and say, well, that's not really fair, um, that, you know, that they did that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not really advocating one way or the other, whether it was fair or not, other than there were really, really good bands and, um, we all love them. And it's like any business, you know, there's requires money and requires a process and, and that's just how things were. It still is. And to some, in some, you know, degrees, I mean, it's very, very hard to get on terrestrial radio. Um, one, you know, stations are being gobbled up left and right. It's like the Borg on Star Trek, the assimilation of radio stations. (laughs) Um, And they're still being, they're still being told what to do in that processes. And I have friends who are in different terrestrial radio stations who I've tried to get you know, either myself or different artists played on and they, their hands are tied. They're, they're given a playlist. That's what they have. No flexibility whatsoever. Um, and, uh, I don't even know if that's a good or a bad idea because, you know, going back to when the MP3 came out and tech, the, the, the quicker advancement of technology, um, anyone and everyone can put music out, you know, and just because you have the money to buy the equipment, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Um, there's a lot, there's so much content out there. It is, it is, it is exploded and it's made it impossible for consumers to know where to get great music. You know, you, you know I mean, what? It's like, it's like getting, getting on Netflix and trying to figure out which movie is actually good. 
Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's a really good way to put that, especially with the Netflix relate, because I, uh, um, you know, this is kind of my age and lifestyle showing, but I'm still very much a physical media person. Like, you know, um, you know, I, I go uh, either to like Best Buy or order off of Amazon, but like I'll, I'll buy physical copies of movies and watch those. You know, um, uh, same thing. Like I still buy CDs. Like I still have a six disc changer in my uh, 2005 Toyota Camry. And you know, so um, what I f- what I have found though is that I am buying um, less and less, mainly just because the stuff that I'm interested in isn't necessarily available so then I just kind of find myself listening to old stuff in my car or watching old movies on on my TV whereas like you know I'll, I'll listen to um, new music like say on my phone or on my computer um, you know right. kind of kind of consuming it digitally that way but I I still feel like that weird disconnect of stuff that I'm like really into but I'm like well I'd really like to um, uh, throw this in like like um for example there was a um uh band that i was uh tight with a while ago they uh they sent me a cassette of uh of their album because like uh, there was like this weird thing where like it actually cost less to do like a bulk batch of cassettes rather than do a press of cds <laughs> so they uh, uh, they did this pressing of uh, tapes and like I'll still listen to their album on tape in my car um, and then digitally on my phone. It's it's is it's just kind of a weird thing. Where I'm going with that is that it's hard to say roll into even like say like an independent record store and come across independent music that you can just buy and right. and. I, I don't know if that's either um, a sign of the times or a problem. You know what I mean? I, I don't I I don't know if it's if the problem is just me uh, not keeping up with uh, uh, changing tastes and lifestyles, or if that's one of the uh, difficulties that independent artists have. Just. Uh, um, I mean, because like I talk to a lot of bands and they say and I ask them what their biggest challenge is. And they say, like, well, getting our music out there, standing out. And like you said, it, it's it's so hard when there's so much and everything is so easy to get across the um, the double edged sword, like you were alluding to earlier of, you know, like big record companies and all that is that there's almost like a. Uh, focus to it to where it's like I, I can go to the store and say well this is the stuff that's available to me I don't know I, I, I'm i not sure what to make of all that I'm just kind of going on this string of conscious thing thinking about what well, I do versus what a lot of other people do and just kind of trying to unravel well, it I mean, yeah and you can I mean and you could unravel it a gazillion different ways but I mean you know it depends on you know you could, the way you look at it is are you a half glass or half empty person you know, the half-empty thing is you could say, oh, this sucks, um, and, um, you know, this sucks. The brick-and-mortars are, are, are disappearing where well, they have disappeared and, you know, still disappearing. Right. Brick-and-mortars disappearing, and it's so hard to get myself heard, and Trust for Radio won't play me, and, you know, I have this and that, and you know, these, this other band is getting accolades, and I'm not, and, goes, and it goes on and on and on and on. Well, the thing is, is I'm, I 
choose to look at it in a in a positive way, and I, I choose to look at it this way: there are more opportunities now than there ever have been in music before. Um, you know, vinyl tape, cassette tape, all that stuff. That stuff's coming back up. You know, they're projecting that 2018 the music industry will do 22 billion dollars. That's the last thing I heard. Really? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. What two, I don't know what 2017 was. But I know that 2017 was like around 17 billion. Okay. And that's from concert. That's from you know live concerts and a lot of other stuff. And of course, yeah, sure. obviously there's some big artists out there making big money. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, is listen. Um, this may not be a popular way to look at this, but it is the reality of it. I mean, I'm 50. I've been doing music my whole life, and I'm still doing it. If you love it, that's why you should do it. I mean, and there's probably a lot of things in life like that, but I can tell you in the music industry, if you don't love it, get out. Period. If you don't love it, get out. No. Does that mean don't play an instrument? No. God Mm -hmm. knows. Play a keyboard. Play a guitar. Do your thing. Go do an open mic here and there. But if you Mm -hmm. actually want to be involved in the music industry, you need to be invested, and you need to, uh, I mean, people need to understand that it's like anything else. It changes. Things are changing. You know, my day job, you know, I, I, I work for, I, I'm packaging sales. You know, the, the old way of, of making boxes and printing them was flexo. The new way is digital. Um, and that's the direction it's going to go. It's going to happen. Things are, I mean, and there's all kinds of different answers. That's where it's going. So all, all this I'm talking about is, is artists out there who want to actually have something happen they need to make a plan. What is it that they want to do? What what does what success look like to them? And then look at it positively. Don't look at it as, oh, it's so hard. Instead of focusing all the energy on how hard it is and envious of other bands that maybe are getting, you know, some, you know, press here, press there, is really focus on, you know, these, and that's why this community is so important. We help each other with this. Really focus on why, you know, what your band is trying to say, who it's trying to say to, who the demographic is, you know, what the genre is, all that stuff. And then think of creative ways you know, to stand out amongst the crowd. You know, I mean, whether it's, you know, like Strange All Right recently did some promotion for a show. We use puppets. You know, our lead singer Ring and his daughter, Sophia, drew pictures of everyone in the band. And uh, they, we cut those out and use those for a promotion. You know, um, you know, maybe you go out and do some creative music video where the band is all in shorts and a lake or, or you know, I don't know, on a Ferris wheel. Or, you know, maybe you do some kind of a uh, a game with your album and do something creative with your CD release party. You know, I could go on and on and on, but I think you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you know, do something to write. It requires effort. It requires hard work. If it, that whole sitting around waiting for someone to come to you is not going to happen. They're only going to come to you if you're doing something that is really attractive and already has attracted people to it. Mm-hmm. And they can take that and amplify it. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that you didn't just walk into a, having a podcast. Right. I, I, I was just going to say, I think I think that's why I enjoy talking to musicians so much, because there there are um, a certain amount of parallels between, um, uh, as I like to put it, both your side of the radio and my side of the radio, you know, where it's like, you know, it's it's all uh, performing, it's entertaining, it's networking. And one of one of the, the first lessons they taught us in our uh, radio classes at Green River College uh, when I was part of KGRG is that it's show business in that without the business, there's no show, you know, and and so of that, it includes hard work. 
You know, nobody yep. just like steps up to a microphone and just says, well, hey, here, here's my thing. I mean, you know, like uh, you look, you look at all kinds of entertainers, you know, whether they be like, you know, YouTubers or things like that. I mean, all of that takes effort work and and dedication like i mean like if you if you go like on itunes and just search for podcasts you'll you'll you, you'll probably find something that you like and you'll see that has like a dozen or so episodes and you'll you know you'll kind of listen to it and then you'll realize that that show isn't around anymore because they just uh, lost interest in doing it. Uh, pod fade is definitely like a huge thing to where like you know much like a lot of bands they'll hit the ground running with a really great idea everybody's excited everything's working and then you realize that you can't host a show with that person anymore or like you can't broadcast with that person anymore and um and and like i said that there's there's a lot of weird eerie parallels there between uh uh musicianship and and doing radio whether it's you know terrestrial radio broadcast radio internet podcasting whatever i i me personally i just i look at this medium that i'm doing is just it's radio you know it just um you know i mean that that's why um it's in my show title that's why i call it a podcast radio show not because i'm you know uh, uh horribly outdated even though i i totally am but um but yeah it's it's intentional because i feel like um broadcasting at its roots is a form of uh radio entertainment and and where i was going with that with uh you know if you choose to be an entertainer if you want to perform you got to put in the work you got to put in the dedication and if you can't do it well then there's there's going to be people behind you that will want to do it oh yeah that's that's it i mean i everything you just said about shows coming and going um listen man and this is this is not me bragging this is me telling you that i've been doing this for a long time i started doing music when i was nine i'm 50 now my love for it has grown strong. I'm not your typical picture. I mean, I'm playing in the four bands. Right. You know, <laughs> getting ready to release a solo piano album. Also getting ready, I've been working on a project with the illustrator and Regan Lane for Fraser Wright, which I'm not going to tell you about, but I will. Oh. Uh, something that's coming out that's completely different um, that we want to do to, you know, inspire the world. But, you know, I, there, there are so many artists who, you know, and, and this is where the community comes in. Because the community yeah. is going to uplift and support artists no matter what they do, you know. But there's so many that get out and just they for like they're going to go hot and heavy at it for like six months, right? And then they and then they give up steam, and then they blame you. I mean, I I, I literally had a few artists. I've had a few artists over the past few years um, who literally blamed me for their failure. I had a record label called Morris Fish Records for ten years, and uh, mm-hmm. the short version is when I first started it it started out as a, as a traditional record label. I had like four or five artists on it. Sure. And I mean, we, we paid for the um, distribution and some of the recording, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and then uh, basically I got sick and was out of, out of, out of uh, whack for like six or seven months. And then my job changed. So the financial thing changed. So I, I was going to either, it was either going to be a, you know, just, you know, dissolve the record label or B change it and make it more of like a co-op. So it was more of a community. Oh, okay. And um, and uh, so I approached the artists on the label with that, and they all thought it was a great idea to keep it as a, they wanted to keep the label going because there was a lot of love and support and resources thrown all their way. We basically amplified everything they did. So we made the label 
a DIY label, which is if you're if we ask you to come on Moist Fish Records, mm-hmm. you know you you're all you have to do is a if you put a recording out, put our logo on the back of your album. Yeah. Um, go out go out to a show once a month of your fellow artists, and then when you're at a show, just talk about you know bring up the label. Hey, we want to thank our label once or something, and uh, um, and it, it was very 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 clear. I'd invite artists to my house and yeah. tell them, or we'd go out to coffee and tell them exactly what it was about and. Most artists up front will be like, yeah, 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 it sounds great. But all they're really thinking about is what can I get, what can I get, how's it going to take me, you know, what can somebody else do for me versus what right. can I do? And um, uh, the artists that truly walked the talk are still doing it to this day, mm-hmm. and not just fish artists, but other artists in the community, to understand that support doesn't mean a couple months out of the year. Support means all the time. It's a lifestyle. Right. Um, and if you don't, enjoy doing that then you should, that's another that's another flag that maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I mean some some of these artists who who you know spend a ton of money on a CV put it out have a you know great party and then the next day nothing and and they don't understand why no one's watching their you know videos or or anything else that might come up um it's not because they're bad it's be, they're quite the contrary they're most of the stuff is fantastic it's just again like you said earlier how do you get people to listen to it yeah. you have to be creative and that's if you, that's one thing I can tell you is, um, I'm, this isn't, this is just pride is yeah. the projects I involve myself with are all, have all that in common. Breathe the astronaut. We play at theaters. We bring in a thousand dollars plus extra lights and do VIP parties, um, to make it like the Pink Floyd experience as close as we can on you know, a local venue. Strangely, all right. We always, uh, have fundraisers. We bring panels. We show you know, little movies at our shows. Um, we're always doing creative, um, stuff behind the scenes with promotion jessica lynn you know we're playing huge stages she's doing music videos doing creative things as well contests facebook live things this and that limber loss all all the above the same stuff could go on and on and on and And then um even even with my solo stuff and this isn't hey you know ray you're awesome you know we'll look at you go no no it's not because i'm here to tell you it's hard there's been times where i've literally said you know wanted to say screw this i can't do it and this is um the the reality is there's people in the community um who have lifted me up when i needed lifted up and when i wanted to give it all up and sell my keyboards you know you know you're you're 50 years old you're looking at yourself here going why am i doing this you know um you know your friends are there to pick you up and, and remind you and that's goes right back to full circle what we talked about is that community you know but it's but it it, it it is hard. I don't care what you do in life. If you it it Disney and all this other kind of stuff, mm-hmm. people who are a little bit overly positive have got it wrong. It's not, you know, just do it and do what you love, and and, and what will happen will happen. No, 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 no. Do what you love and find a creative way to let people know what you're doing and connect with them. Connect. Yeah. You know, get do something so that you're because I've seen my friend Mr. Vaughn from Sweatbox Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, record label sweatbox entertainment brent strummer he's my he's my uh, left and right hand um that's a hip-hop label okay mm-hmm. um we've done stuff together for years and i'm not a huge hip-hop fan but one thing i said when i saw mr vaughn perform and i love i like some but when i saw mr vaughn perform i remember saying you know i'm not even a huge hip-hop fan but i love what that guy does and i've heard numerous people say that about his about him as an artist that's just one example but it's because he gets up there and whether he's doing the kind of music you like or not, he's take, doing what he does, doing it the best, and he's doing his best to connect with everyone there. 
you know, and that's anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. And uh, and our guest this week is Raymond Hayden. We are talking about um, kind of the the state of the music union as well as the um, the Tacoma music community, um, kind of as a whole. And actually, Ray, I really like how you put that because it, it really is a community between um, you know. Because I I, I kind of shorthand just call it like the scene or the Tacoma music scene, but but it's more than that. You know, like uh, like you mentioned at the top. You know, it's it's not just performers, but it's also venues and media outlets and and uh, everything coming together for that um, uh, for that common goal of togetherness and community, which I which I think is um, uh, really really cool. Um, do we want to switch gears a little bit and kind of talk about sure. the um, uh, well? I mean, because I mean, I think we kind of uh, keep kicking the can around about like the the uh, state of the music union, and I, yes. I'm I'm not sure what that looks like. You know, like uh, um, so, I, I'm I'm really anxious to see where this discussion goes because, like, uh, one of the things I alluded to earlier is that I, my my uh, uh, the way that I consume music and entertainment and so much has changed over the last couple years that um, I, I'm, I'm really interested to get your take on where you think the industry is at and where it's going. Well, um, you know what? It's uh, boy, that's a it's a it's funny because when we were talking about this, what, what should we talk about? Would it be cool to talk about the, the State of the Union? Yeah, music and like that is a. I mean, that is a that's a damn mouthful. Is what that is right there. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, I I would say that you know it's kind of like kind like the government, like a lot of the you know the the. the um, uh, how we handle our finances as Americans, right, or Europeans or wherever you are in the world, Zimbabweans, Australians, you know, how we handle our money a lot of times is a direct correlation to how our government handles their money. Does that make any sense? Uh, I think so. You know, I mean, like, 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 like our, as kids, we watch what our parents do. Now, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm not saying everyone's being physically irresponsible in the United States, but... You know, the government spends and lives beyond their means and does, you know, it just keeps printing money. Um, the, the people who they govern um, see this and think, oh, if they do it, it's okay, you know. And that's kind of a simplistic way of saying it, but, but it's kind of like that, um, you know, the umbrella of, of what, we're, um, what, what we see. And I see the music community um, very, very similar. You start seeing in different cities and different, you know, areas around the U.S., uh, music communities and more proliferation of you know the communities themselves you know and and I think that it has something to do with the overall state of the union and I mean I'm not gonna I mean I could have got on Google and the thing is anyone can get on Google and type in you know music you know sale you know industry sales and look at digital sales versus physical CD sales and all that stuff that's that's boring stuff we all know that those those sales um, have dropped and are declining because there's more online, you know, stuff, digital stuff. But um, if you look at the fact that in different cities throughout the U.S., the music communities are starting to do better. You know, um, more clubs are are popping up. Um, you know, there's uh, more podcasts. I mean, I, I know there's been podcasts for a while, but there's different things. You know, more podcasts yeah. are 
starting to pop up and, and maybe not everywhere, but, but not only that, but the people who are involved with that are getting involved with the musicians. So not just like, you know, Hey, you know, some unknown unseen entity online on I don't know, you know, Facebook podcast. Hey, send me your music. You know, you see, we get a lot of these inquiries a lot of the time. Hey, send us your music. We'll play it on our station. Well, if you're on the other side of the, the U S I get you the fact you can't go see them in person. But, um, the fact that there's actually guys like yourself out there um, who are, you know, not just sitting behind a microphone, but actually coming out to the shows. Um, again, it kind of is a little redundant, but it has everything we talked about earlier. Is the state of the state of the union music locally? I think is a reflection on what's happening overall, you know, internationally, nationally, whatever. Um, in that there is more and more opportunities um, popping up all the time. Um, and with technology and with creative people who are creating, you know, cool apps and and uh, younger bands thinking of creative ways to get their music out there, whether it's, you know, you know co-sponsoring. I mean, here's, here's an example. Um, Jameson. Let's just pick one brand. Okay. Jameson. They have a music label. Really? You know, I don't know the yeah, I don't know the intricacies of it. Is it a record label? Because I, I haven't done you know the exact research. Sure, sure. I was helping out helping out a friend of mine recently, Andy Landers, who has a song called "We're All Irish Tonight," and uh, I thought, oh, I'll reach out to Jameson to see if they'd be interested in using that as some, you know as a jingle or as something for a commercial. It's perfect. And I got onto their website and I was like, whoa. So that, there's another thing that's happening. I'm talking all all sorts of elements of the music community that have, it's, it's just changed. I mean, and it, you, you could focus on the fact that, yeah, you know, people aren't buying CDs as much. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's a bummer. I mean, I, I'd like people to buy more CDs as well, but they are at local shows. And instead of focusing on, you know, the, the, the bands and the reason that the community and the state of the union, I feel is there are more opportunities and things are getting there is still a lot of money being made is because people are realizing that, hey, it's just changing. Mm. Yeah, maybe physical sales aren't as needed as much as they were before because, you know, brick-and-mortar stores are disappearing. Right. Everything's online, and, and then there's streaming, you know, with every streaming service you can think of, and, mm-hmm. you know, the value of the actual physical in-your-hand CD isn't like it used to be. But there is a lot of other opportunities for licensing and streaming. I mean, I know I, I've never... In, in the last 20 years, I, I, I've never known as many people as I do now who actually have music who has been placed in, you know, um, HBO series, movies, you name it. Oh. Um, when did, you know, yo, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's uh, um, one of my favorite Seattle artists, a uh, gal named Kara Hess. Um, she is, uh, she's, got, she's got music and placements and all kinds of, um, you know, television shows and stuff. Um, you know, uh, Regan from Strange Hill, right? He's had music placed in that. I mean, there's 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 other artists as well. I mean, go on and on and on and on. But how in, in the past you didn't know that? I mean, if somebody had a, like if somebody had a music in a, in a, in a, on a TV show, like uh, for example, Friends, the Rembrandts, you know, the the theme show for that song. Yeah, yeah. Well, although I know a few people, I I, I happen to just know a couple of people who know them. Um, you know, it's like, oh, the Rembrandts. It's always bands you never know. It feels like they're on, it feels mm-hmm. like the artists that you know get all this gut placement in movies and all that stuff were from another planet. Well, 
because um, you never see them. You don't even yeah. hear about them. And now it's like every different music community, you you not only do you hear about it, is you know them. And so, again, State of the Music Union, it's, you know, maybe a year ago I would have said, oh, it just sucks. Um, now I won't say that. I, I, I've, I've, I, my perspective has changed. Um, it's matured in that it's not, it, it's, I don't think it's bad. I think it's, it's confusing. I think that a lot of people are trying to figure out where their place is and how to maneuver through it. Of course, all that. But that's because there's so much opportunity out there. It's like, where do you start? You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I know that's a mouthful, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot to process. <laughs> well, you know, for, you know, for the, for those people who are listening who are going, what the hell is he talking about? You know, I mean, I, I guess it could probably be. It, it, this is just my opinion, and I mean, if this was a call-in show, you'd probably get people calling in and be all over the board. You know, there'd be people who um, are involved in the community who would agree, and then there'd be people who are jaded. And I, you know, even speaking to those people who are jaded, I don't even blame them. I mean, it's, it's, it can be so infuriating to see, um, you know, it's still money is still a driver for stuff. I mean, if you have, I mean, yeah, but, but so, but that's where that's another thing where yeah. you know, artists have to, artists have to understand it's a business, the music business, what business in the world cannot operate without money and a lot of it. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have money, figure out a way to get some, but there are other ways to, to uh, be creative, to, um, attract the managers or the people, because it still takes money, no matter sure, what, yeah. you go, you're going to have to have money to get it, but do things to be creative, hmm. to attract people who have that or have the resources. Um, so, you know, the state of the, you know, the simply put the state of the music union is there are more opportunities now for artists of all genres and all ages and demographics um, an immigration status, if you will, tie that into the current oh, sh- events. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's topical it's for too, sure. Yeah, I mean, but there, there's more opportunity than there ever has been before. It's just changing, and you know, the biggest thing is, is, is you know what? Ask, ask, you know, get on TED Talks and pull mm-hmm. up the one that talks about your why, and figure out why yes. your artist, as an artist, or your band, and what you're doing, and then just. Um, Try to, it's fun being creative. I mean, I can't wait. In the next couple of weeks, you're going to see, you're going to see some I've been posting about that, and teasing about that for a while, and it's super fun and creative, and and we feel like kids again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's our way of trying to connect with people and, and give them a distraction. So, yeah, well, and and I think I I totally agree with all that, and um, I, I think it also starts with passion. You know, it's like you have to want to do it. Like I, um, I, uh, uh, oh, I, I don't remember where I saw this, but it was uh, an advertising for basically a podcasting school, where basically like they run you through kind of like a um, kind of like an online correspondence class type thing, which sounds cool on paper, but the way that the uh, wording of the advertising was is like almost presenting podcasting like it was like a scheme like you know you could right. you could make thousands of dollars be a podcaster you know reach sponsors make money you know it was like it was totally uh um uh disingenuous and it and i found it very very off-putting and I, I think sometimes what what people run into 
regardless of what kind of entertainment it is, but I, I see, you know, I, I would imagine this would apply to music too, is people getting into it for the wrong reasons. Like they want it specifically for fame, specifically for money. But if, uh, and, and those things are really, really cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we all want that 15 minutes of fame um, and, and to be famous and all that other stuff. But it, it's got to start with the passion. You've got to want to do the thing that you're pursuing. Otherwise, it's just going to be hollow. Yeah, but but you know what? I'm gonna okay. Are you ready? What time is it right now? Just curious. Well, actually, no. You're probably not looking at a clock because you're you're uh, in front of your computer. So yeah, I'm in a podcast bunker we'll, where time does not exist. <laughs> well, we're gonna look at this date and we're gonna mark it down. Where where Mike Seibert and Ray Hayden disagreed is um, they not really disagreed. But you know what? Hey, man. Uh, again, TED talk uh, about what the why your why. Hey. If you are getting into the industry because you want to be a rock star um, or you want to make money or you do whatever, all more power to you. Just make sure that you know what you want to do. Every, because it's not the same. If you want to make a living at music, that's your motivation. That's your why. If you, if you love you want to make a living, that's your why. If you want to be a rock star, that's your why. If you just want to make money, that's why. If you want to get laid, if you want to, you know, whatever, every one of those will completely alter your business plan. Hmm. You know, because... Okay. Think about that because, okay, just a quick example. If you want to be a rock star, um, then you're, you know, then you're going to go, okay, well, however you define what a rock star is, um, you know, maybe a rock star is someone who goes out and parties and drinks and, and, and smokes pot and you know, sleeps with a bunch of different girls or men or, you know, whatever, and does whatever, whatever your definition of a rock star is. And that's what you're, you're going to do things that are going to get you that, that are going to bring that into your life. If you want to make a living at being a musician, which looks a lot different than people, th- th- there's so many different ways. I mean, I have, you know, the band I mentioned, the Travis Larson band, they're out of San, Lu- San Luis Obispo, California. Okay. And, uh, they, they, uh, they tour, um, all the time, all year long, they tour um, and are making a living playing shows at clubs, playing at NAM, you know, big music conventions, um, television, you know, theater, going to you know, going to Mexico, um, playing clinics at music stores, endorsements, you name it. But they're playing all the time. And I remember one time they came through here, and another musician came up and said, "So you guys are, you guys are like uh, right on the right at the brink of making." And uh, the lead guitar player from the band, guitar of the band, was like, "No, this is it." We have made it. We're making a really good living um, as musicians, and that's you know that because that was their goal. Their goal, and, and these guys are great musicians, great people. Their goal wasn't to be rock stars. Their goal is they wanted to make a living at music, and that's what they're doing. And so they feel like they've made it. And they're successful, mind you. Doesn't hurt that they've opened up for Dixie Drakes and you know and um, uh, other big acts and stuff like that. But um, Ted Nugent, you name it. Sure, sure. Um, but I mean, a couple of years ago, they were touring with uh, uh, Joe Satriani's um, band, not mm-hmm. Joe Satriani himself, the, the band. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then our friends, local friends in Seattle, Jason Agassel and Kate Voss. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Jason plays in various different groups, like Twelve. Kate plays in a few different ones, but they have Sunday Mr. Gassel, Gassel, and they're uh, they're getting ready to go on a three month tour. They're coming back doing a show at the Triple Door and then leaving for three months on tour. 
And I am, I'm not going to bulge money, but um, it, I've talked to Jason about it before, and he's making really good money. But he's playing 25, 26-plus shows a month, and sometimes two in the same day, and he's packing up from one and giving it ahead to another. So if that's not the rock star life, that's hard work. So you see how the, you know, what is it you want to do? I mean, you were saying earlier, yeah, if you want to, you know, like the, the podcasting, is it, yeah. you know, is it a scam or is it a whatever? Hey, as long as whatever you're doing ties into what you really want to do, because it's going to change the things that are going to bring, be brought to your life. You know, if you want to give back to the community, then you're going to be playing fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser. Mm-hmm. You know, you see where I'm going with this, you know. But yeah, those, you know, those, those, I, I'm, I'm tracking with you. That That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, kind of more being focused on goals um, as, as opposed to just kind of raw passion. And and I do get that. And and I think that's that's a um, it's a very adult perspective. Um, and, and it's a perspective that I think a lot of folks that may be starting off might not quite get. Like we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier of people that just, you know, hit the ground running and. And it's all uh, raw, untamed will. <laughs> um, right. but, but yeah, with that, I, I see what you mean in that th- there comes a point where you have to be more focused on what you actually want to do. And the things that you do from that point forward need to be in service of that thing that you're doing. If not, then you're just wasting your time. You got it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, kind of like a uh, first best destiny type thing, you know, and anything, anything less is just a a waste of material, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, let's see. So, mouthful, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, and, you know, and, and it's a lot, it's a lot to process and it's a lot to, uh, uh, meditate on and ruminate on and kind of kind of let it percolate there like like a delicious crockpot stew um, because you know the thing right I I don't necessarily disagree with you because I I do see where you're coming from um, I I also though and and maybe this is just the eternal optimist and maybe kind of like the starry-eyed dreamer that hasn't put in the time that um that a lot of folks have but I I I I still allow for kind of like that that um kind of passion first kind of starry-eyed dreamy type thing you know of like okay well I I you know, want to be a musician, I'm going to go pursue that, you know, because like like the 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 advice that I give my listeners and anybody that I talk to is like um, and and I'll ask you this question a little bit um, uh, yourself is, you know, when when you give advice, it's like find what you want to do and then go do it. Like I've known some so many folks that have waited for uh, the right time, the right opportunity to uh, pursue, you know, whatever creative dreams that they have. And I've seen a lot of folks let those dreams pass them by because they um, kept waiting for that opportunity that, um, 
that never comes. Like I, I think it was uh, uh, something you said earlier. It's like you know if you're if you're going to wait for something to be given to you, you're going to be waiting a long time. So my uh, my response on that is that yeah, just go out, do it, do it now, do it today, figure it out as you go. But then I think to kind of rope in and blend in um um uh the more adult philosophy is yeah figure out how you're going to be sustainable at at doing the right. thing you want to do because again you know going back to the 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 show business you know it's like there's no show without the business and you know raw passion only gets you so far um so yeah i mean i I, I I do get the perspective of uh, being goal orientated and and knowing what those goals are because I I think one of the things that that um, uh, that you mentioned is you know if you if it's your specific goal to be a rock star quote unquote you know and and you know pursue all the uh, 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 carnal exercises that go with that and you know um, and all of that other stuff I mean that that's as um, that's as reasonable, um, as say, I want to be a musician that gets by, or I, I want to get like a million views on YouTube, or I want to be a, uh, Instagram influencer or whatever the hell those, those folks are called, oh, yeah. but, um, well, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. And, and it just, I, I, I suppose the theme there, I guess would be focus, right? Yep. Well, I mean, you just said a million views on YouTube. If that's if that's your goal to do that, then what are you going to do? You're going to research other videos that have had that kind of success. You're going to research. Right. You know, you're going to look at you know how do they tag it. You know, what do they do? What are, you know, and and just you know, it's good. But where you where you want to go, it's going to determine the way you get there. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be by bus, car, train you know, I mean, playing, whatever. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it, it just, it, it, it uh, yeah. And, and that's where, I mean, we're talking in generalizations, but I mean, especially in the music community with so many more opportunities. I mean, let's say that you don't, maybe, maybe you're someone who doesn't like getting on stage. If all you want to do is write songs, then do a little bit of research on, you mm-hmm. know, find out about what, a, what a music supervisor is and maybe, you know, uh, attend some Grammy, um, you know, the conventions, you know, and find out find yeah. out about it. I mean, just like anything, I mean, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to school for eight years, twelve years, whatever. You know, whatever the process. If you want to mm-hmm. any, any anything, you know, you want to be a mechanic, you got to go to a trade school. You know, or whatever. I mean, musician, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, yeah. if you want, you know, you you got to invest in yourself. And yep. um, you know, we could talk till it's a dead horse, but that's just where the thing is. Is I'm, you know, I because I feel like you know, we're having an open and honest dialogue. Mm-hmm. I want to say that, you know, I, I, as long as I've been a musician, I feel like there's a few things that I have. I can say I'm an expert in the music industry. Right. That doesn't mean I know everything, but I can say that I, there's things I can speak about because I've had enough time on this planet to mm-hmm. experience it. And, um, artists, and remember, I'm one of them when I say this artists, we're, you know, we can be very self absorbed, mm-hmm. self absorbed, um, uh, and, and lazy. Um, you know, somebody will say they want to do the work, but I've, as a interviewing on two different podcasts myself, um, going to shows, 
playing with other bands, playing in other bands, owning a record label with right. various different artists, um, I've seen it. Um, they, most artists don't walk the talk, and I get it. This isn't this isn't about slamming my peers and having someone calling me out, going, "Damn, Ray, what you were saying." But what it is is, I, I get it, man. I remember when I was playing with Nolan Garrett mm-hmm. uh, years back and, and managing him, and I remember him saying something. He's like, "Man, I just want to play. I just want to play." Yeah. So when we were talking about business stuff, and and uh, you know, and I would be like, "Man, I know that. I know you want to just play." So, but the way the new music world is, you've got to be involved in the business end of things. It's for your own protection. You want to make a living. You, if you, the more you know, the less you're going to be taken advantage of. But a lot of artists are that way. They're like, I mean, I. Just in the last month, Mike, I've been reached out to three times, three times, and one of them is by somebody who's been reaching out to me for the past six months that wants to pay me um, to manage them. Oh, okay, and sure. I, you know, and I started, I started asking them some questions, and you know, and, and you know, where are you? What do you have to offer a manager? You know, after I already tell them, of course, you know, I'm not interested. I've, I've already done that thing in my life mm-hmm. um, I, I want to be an artist I want to play I want to promote I want to be creative mm-hmm. but um, every in all three cases um, they could not answer what they had to offer a manager they were saying we want somebody we're willing to pay yeah. that's great but you know you, you've got to have more than that it's not that simple what kind of manager do you want do, you know what happens I mean let's say you get a manager that does stuff well if he smokes pot is that going to be a problem if he's Jewish you can have a problem if he's Christian if he's mm-hmm. agnostic if he's an atheist I mean there's all kinds of different stuff um, you know it's like it's 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 just not that something you got to slow down and um, and realize that you know also there's, there's another thing too it's you know being accountable hey where am I what can I do better and um, what do I have to offer it's like you know it's like Musicians think that they just, I've, I've heard it, oh, this album is great, it's some of the greatest music, it's so much better than anything out there on the radio, why won't anyone listen to it? Well, you know, it's like these little, it's like the, you know, again, a, a comparison mm-hmm. would be a small, tiny coffee shop, maybe maybe, maybe the same owner owns two of them, um, yeah. competing against Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Well, how does, star, how, why, why does everyone know about Starbucks? Because they have money, but because they've, because they've they've done very creative things and got themselves out there and they've built themselves with their band. Um, same thing with independent artists versus major label artists. I mean, major right. label artists, the ones that still do exist, and a lot of them are self-labeled. You know, they have their own some label. But uh, um, are ones that have been very creative and, 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 and done the work. And, you know, you, you can't, people aren't going to just come to them. I remember, um, and I know I'm rambling here, but I remember no, I heard an interview with, I heard an interview with David Spade. Um, okay. On a, uh, oh no no, it wasn't David Spade? I'm sorry. That, I did hear that one. It was with um, <laughs> the guy that plays uh, 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 Dirk. No no no. Um, Deuce Bigelow. Rob Schneider. Oh, oh, Rob Schneider. Yeah. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Okay, I heard an interview with him, and he was talking about. You know, they were joking around. He said, you know, he, he said he was a. They said, yeah, he did, uh, did stand up for two weekends, and then he got hired by SNL. And they laughed and because ha ha ha. He says, "No, no, he probably did ten thousand performances before mm-hmm. that ever happened." And he's like, "Wow, wow, wow! I, now I've made it because I'm on SNL." And then when he said when he got on SNL, now I'm, I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing a lot of what he was talking about. Right. He said when he got on SNL, um, he was like, "Wow, I wonder if I've made it. I, have I made it?" You know, just kind of wondering because he thought just because you know when he got on there um, that because he's on SNL that you know. 
is going to be successful now. But, well, you notice that not everyone that goes on SNL comes out successful on the other end. Right. You know, if you have good ideas, if you have hard work, and you spend time, you know, you know, getting that in front of people, then they're going to want to come to you, and they're going to want to be involved with what you're doing because it's good, because it's entertaining, it's creative, because they connect with it. And so, you know, here's a guy, you know, so it's just interesting because, like, even when you get there, it never stops. You know, and that's the thing is, is, I mean, somebody who's listening to this, it could be stressing them out, going, oh, my God, all this work, all this work. Well, what would you rather do? Be showing up, putting on polyester suit and going to Burger King and McDonald's and doing a thankless job for minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And you're probably working harder because it's not something you like doing. Right. If you love doing something, then, yeah, it takes effort. But it's, 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 um, it's, it's really not work. It's love. So, um Anyway, but it, it just never stops, and you know. And then yeah. he talked about you know when he when it's when you know Deuce Bigelow first came out, you know, all that. That's when he really started having success, and you know that um, movie made like three hundred million dollars, you know. And it's like you know that, but it didn't just he didn't it just didn't happen overnight. He worked really really hard at his craft, and and um, that's the same thing. Those those opportunities are out there for anyone. There's there's plenty of room for everyone at the top. I mean, there's always a new YouTube superstar coming out or a new act that, you know, that you've never heard of that's blowing it up and doing this cool creative thing. And so that's just, you know, it's one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you today about the state of the music union is because, like, hey, how can we inspire people and get more people coming out to support what we're doing? And, you know, how can that not be something that, you know, the more it gets written about online and whatever and yeah. it's kind of grows and grows and grows and maybe it reaches out and affects other communities and other people because I mean I have friends from Texas and friends from um, Georgia and other places going that is so cool what you're doing over there how do we get involved I just had a friend from Canada visiting um, last week for four days and he's like how did you do this how did you build this community I'm like well I didn't build the music community I had a hand in helping with it but here's what you do so he's going to take that back to Canada you know, to, to Vancouver Island where he's from nice um but, I mean, you know, we, we all do that. I mean, just so, you know, we can affect um, one another, not just in Tacoma, but in Seattle and Spokane and Montana and, you know, Wyoming and Colorado. I mean, and on and on. We don't have to go through the whole map, but you get the picture. Right, right. Absolutely. And I, I think that's... Uh, I, 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 think that, I think that's very well said. And... I think it just it just kind of starts with that creative spark, you know. It's uh, again, I I still can't shake the 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 dream dust out of my eyes, where it's just like, you know, where it's like, you know, uh, find something you're passionate about, do it, and then figure out how you want to um, how you want to pursue it from there, because you know, like uh, uh, one one of the stories I like to tell is I. Um, uh, you know, like I, I, I talk about my time at Green River College and at KGRG, but I don't always talk a lot about my time before that. Um, I had uh, I had the opportunity to go back to school uh, later in life, um, uh, and I. I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
I, I was at a crossroads in my life where, you know, like a, a few things had kind of drastically changed in my life. You know, we had uh, uh, suffered some losses in our family and it just my my perspective completely changed. I'm like, I needed to do something different, but I didn't know exactly what. So so I went to Green River and uh, took IT courses because, hey, you know, I, I'm relatively savvy with computers. I like working with technology. I like working with people. Seems like a, a, a career in IT might be might be a good way to to go. And even as I was taking these courses and following this uh, degree path, I kind of zeroed in on what I didn't like, what I did like, what I was good at, what I was less good at. And um, I, I think that side of things also applies to what we're talking about. You know, it's like if you, you know, feel like a, a um, creative draw towards something, you know, like, let's say you want to be a, you know, we keep, we keep throwing around rock star, you know, it's like, you want to be a lead singer, you want to be a lead guitar player or something like that. You know, you might find that, you know, one thing draws you more than the other. I don't know. Right. But, uh, no, no, it's good stuff. Yeah, and no, we're talking so serious, so existential. I know. I mean, I mean this this got this got super super deep. Um, and it's funny because like I can I know when like there, there's a certain pitch in my voice where like I do kind of get like you know a little more personal, a little more existential, and I and I've found myself kind of slipping in in and out of that um, a little bit uh, throughout this uh, throughout this discussion here, but. I, I guess to kind of pull myself out of that is that, you know, like I, I've discovered that same thing uh, being in radio where where my story changes from being an IT student to being a radio person is I I came out of one of my classes one day and I've told this story a million times. So just bear with me. But like I, I came out of one of my classes and I saw it just there on the student billboard be on the radio KGRG. I had no idea that that the college had um, a radio station, let alone two. So I, and, and yeah, that summer after I finished my IT degree, I signed up for radio classes and now I'm here. Um, but what I've discovered that even as I've been on this radio journey, you know, it started me, uh, with me taking classes, doing hands-on learning, figuring out, you know, kind of on-air voice and persona and all of that other stuff. But what I have found is that even in my day job working for a commercial radio station, I'm having that experience where I'm seeing what calls to me and what doesn't. So, like, I don't necessarily have the aspiration to, like, have my own uh, hard rockin' morning show, you know. I don't necessarily need to be the captain of the morning zoo or be, you know, a hot rock and flamethrowing DJ. I like this stuff where we're just, you know, we're just chatting and, you know, giving some folks some cool advice, but, um, you know, just just uh, uh, enjoying the conversation. But I also have discovered that like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff calls to me. It's like, ooh. I like this, you know, it's like, you know, like booking guests or doing technical stuff or, or, uh, what have you. But my point being is that don't wait to pursue something, pursue it, you know, and, and figure out whether you like it or not, or even if you have any aptitude for it. 
I guess so is a I guess is a really 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 long way of kind of trying to uh, string those thoughts together to be something that's uh, that's halfway inspirational because uh, yeah yeah it's. Because, I mean, I I never thought that I would be like, you know, a radio personality or something. But it's like, you know, the more I do it, the more I like it and the better I get at it. And, you know, now I'm uh, hanging out with folks like you and, you know, being being a part of this uh, music community. I I feel like I'm, you know, a a part of it. And it's... uh, Go ahead. You realize somebody just puked when you said that hanging out with me thing. Somebody was out there going, Ugh. oh, man. Yeah. See, well, it, it, it's so funny because, like, I remember when I was uh, uh, back in school at, at KGRG, uh, uh, one of my friends would always say, you know, because we would always, you know, kind of like daydream about, like, what kind of stations we wanted to be on or what shows we wanted to do or what kind of, you know, kind of kind of workshopping stuff. And all of my friends always picked on me and said that I would I I would be a really good fit on chick radio, you know, kind of like doing Delilah type stuff and things like that. And and they're not oh necessarily God. wrong because I mean that is kind of kind of my persona. But um, but that's cool. I mean it 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 cracks me up more than anything. Um, so all right, well let's let's kind of shake things up a little bit, you know, is because I'm, sure, I'm sure, sure. yeah I'm looking at the time, you know we've um, uh, we've been out a while. We should uh, we should talk about some stuff that's fun. Um, yeah, of course. You well, know, this is fun. It's just serious fun. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, and and again, I get I get I get into it so easily, and it's uh, it's uh, difficult to uh, um, sometimes pull out of it. But um, let's uh, oh, let's see, let's let's talk about I mean, because I mean, like you've mentioned it um, a handful of different times at this point. You know, like the the various projects that you're involved with i guess uh i guess my main question before i start asking you uh more about the stuff you've got going on when do you sleep do you sleep because like you're part of like four bands and you got all this other stuff going on and you're busy dude well you know what i it's funny man there i uh i get asked that question a lot matter of fact um I got asked that earlier today when i was sending um sending over the details of smeb um Mm-hmm. to um, one of the people who's going to help release it. Um, and um, he asked the same thing. He's like, he says, How, he says, when the hell do you sleep? And blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I, I can ask that a lot. You know, the simple fact is that it's all about time management. Okay. Yeah. Seriously. That makes um, sense. It's all, it, it's all about time management because, um, you know, I, I'm not a great money manager, but I'm a pretty good time manager um, with my, you know, the, the day job, four bands, solo piano album mm-hmm. um uh I have, I have i have a radio podcast as well called houston it's on hiatus right now but um and just the different things it's just it's just it's it just it, it, it looks more than it i mean don't get me wrong it, there's a lot involved with what i do because there's rehearsals for those bands as well sure yeah and shows and, and and get togethers for recordings and all that kind of stuff because every project seems to be recording right now um but it's all about where you place it, where you compartmentalize it, you know? Um, so, you know, I get up in the morning, um, now probably around six because I have a puppy, um, you know, and I get up <laughs> and then take him to the bathroom, feed him. Then I get showered and dressed and I start my day job. Um, and I'm lucky in that I'm in sales 
And so that gives me outside sales, so it gives me some flexibility oh, okay. um, during the day to be able, you know, I mean, I'm driving around a lot. Uh-huh. You know, and so I'll, you know, I'll in between appointments, you know, if I'm not doing emails at a coffee shop or um, sometimes I work from home or sometimes I work from the plant or whatever, I have the flexibility to go out and make a phone call mm-hmm. or pop over, you know, and check an email, you know, or, or check something out at lunchtime. I do that a lot. I use my lunch hour to, um, it's amazing how much you can get done in an hour, you know, or 40 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, if I have that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's just, you know, time management, putting it, putting it all in its place and, it does get overwhelming sometimes because it does take a lot. I mean, not everyone can do do that. You have to have the energy, no matter what it is. But um, it keeps it interesting too. Like yeah. you said, you know, hey, let's shake it up and have some fun. Is you know, everyone who knows me, who truly knows me. If you go, if you see my my social media presence and everything else I do, I do these. I, I do you know, I put out stuff about my wife, who I love dearly, and our dog, <laughs> and my friends and family, and, and then I put out promo stuff and. I put up a lot of times, you know, at least three or four times during the week, I'm putting up stuff that's about positivity, you know, ways yeah. to look at things and, and try to, you know, hook people to shake them up a little bit to get them to think about it differently. Um, but then I'm posting pictures with me using some weird effects on my face, singing a Queen song or a Def Leppard song and being corny um, to balance the whole thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's all about, yeah, you know, I'm able to do all that stuff because I manage my time well. And um, I make sure to make time for my family, to prioritize my wife, family, and friends. Mm-hmm. And um, and I and I smoke a lot of cigars. It, it forces me to sit down and enjoy uh, some downtime. Yeah, so, it, you know. and and I think that has a lot of value. And I think a lot of folks. Um, because I mean, you know, this isn't a, you know, get off my lawn, shaking my fist at you millenniums or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's not that, but I think like as people get busier and busier, they deprioritize, uh, leisure time, just, you know, just unwinding. Um, because I, I know so many folks that are constantly on the hustle and I, I always wonder, it's like, what's going to happen? Are you just going to burn out one of these days? And so it's it's um, encouraging that when somebody is super busy, they, they know to, you know, just take a sec and decompress. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, not enough people do that. I, I think that's oh why. Well, and I think that's kind of why is we as a society are so tightly wound sometimes. You know, we're we're all high functioning in one way or another, and I and it and it takes a um, a physical and mental toll on you. Oh, it it does. You know, you talk about having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people forget to have fun, and and they also, I mean, and, and listen, man, I'm I'm in the same boat. This isn't me saying I know everything. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time in my life doing, you know. I'm finally getting it at 50, thanks to my my wife, who's really got me to open my eyes to things. But um, you know, uh, people, I, I try to, I, you know, it's I get it from my mom, I'm sure, and probably some from my my dad, uh, departed dad. But um, I, I I really do, and I and people look at me cross-eyed sometimes because they think that uh, they're like, are you for real? I really do like to make people feel good about themselves. I mean, I really do. Um, I don't, I mean, if you want honest, constructive criticism as an artist or a band, I will tell you one-on-one behind the scenes. I'm not going to tell you in public right. at a show or anything like that, but I mean, you know, and it's the same thing with, um, with, uh, uh, with, with, with the other stuff. I mean, when people, someone comes to a mom of three kids or two kids comes to me and says, I don't know how you do it. Right. I'm like, well, 
I don't know how you do it. I mean, I don't have two. I mean, when you have two, when you have kids, they're always on you for something. Mm-hmm. They need to be eat. They need to have homework. They did something wrong. You want to make sure they're safe. I mean, it's nonstop. You know, I'm. I mean, we have that with a dog now, a puppy, but now, but for most most of the part, it's like no, it's just I get up, I do my job, I I know what I have going on, so I make sure I take some downtime and 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 learn to say no more often. And it's just everybody, you know, unfortunately, I've learned. Thank God, I eventually learned. My mom used to tell me all the time, and you know, it is when moms tell you stuff, right? It's like, yeah, thanks, mom, appreciate it. But she was always like um, telling me to take time for myself, by myself. Mm-hmm. And to write down my goals and plans. Yeah. And I'm. People will say, you know, like you know, people always ask, and you know, we get into a conversation, and says, "What? Do you have any? Do you have any regrets?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have a regret that I didn't really take my mom seriously, because um, that's what I've gotten the last few years for sure. Is I'm writing down my goals and other things more commonly. Yeah. And it's making them. It they come to fruition a lot quicker. And um, but then also I'm taking more time for myself you know i mean it's mm-hmm. not because a lot what, what do people do for vacation yes most people they where they go on vacation disneyland vegas um on a cruise now yeah mind you, I've, I've never been on a cruise but people say the cruise is one of the most relaxing vacations ever, but so i can't speak for that but i know vegas and disneyland they are far from relaxing yeah you you almost need a vacation from the vacation you know, exactly. yeah, because, yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, a, lo- a lot of vacations have to do with activities. And I know I kind of get in that weird headspace like whenever we travel somewhere and I go into activity mode. I'm I'm one of those weirdos that wants to do everything. So I, I immediately start strategizing and prioritizing and trying to figure out how to squeeze every last bit out of a moment and I find myself exhausted on the other side because I've spent so much time on the front end and not taken enough casual time to just be like, ah, you know what? This is fine. You know, and just kind of yeah. kind of do things at a more leisurely pace. Um, and and just uh, just as a weird aside on uh, cruises, uh, my wife and I have been on uh, a couple cruises ourselves. I would highly recommend it. I I had I had the hardest time initially because it's like, why would I want to vacation on a mode of transportation? You know, it's like I'm I wouldn't want to take a vacation on a plane or on a bus. So why would I want to take a vacation on the boat? And um, <laughs> it, that was until I did it. And it's it is one of those things. Like the first cruise we went on, uh, it was uh, in Hawaii, and we basically like hit every island. And I went into like that hyperactive activity mode, like like I mentioned earlier. Um, but when we took uh took another cruise uh we went somewhere in mexico it was for uh my uh um uh, nephew's wedding um anyway uh we that was a, a lot more relaxed where you could just be like oh you sure. know i'm just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna lay here in the sun and watch the ocean go by and so and and usually depending upon which cruise line you go on uh Tons of soft serve, all the soft serve ice cream you could eat. So that's that. That's the reason why I like cruises. But I I completely digress. But uh, yeah, I mean, all the soft serve. Yeah, soft serve ice cream, man. I love it. Oh my 
Oh, my God. So you, you told me, I'm hoping that Mike Burt and some of the other musicians out there who your buddies with myself, uh-huh. I, I know for a fact I've already internalized two things. Okay. That Mike Seibert is the Delilah of local podcasts. Yes. And um, and, you, uh, and you go on cruises because of the soft serve. Yes. Boy, those, somehow those are going to work together against you. You do, you do realize that, right? Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure. I I could see somebody making some fan art where they, you know, like, uh, uh, make it all Delilah-like and, like, ice cream emojis and all of that other stuff. Yeah, I, bring it on. Bring it on. Because that if you, if you can go deep cuts like that, that means that you're listening and I thank you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah. Again, I, you're looking at it positively. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, cause I mean that, that's why we do this stuff is, you know, for it to be shared and enjoyed by others. And if, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't encountered this too terribly much, but if I have somebody like, you know, poking fun at something that I'm doing, you know, I, I want to thank them because they, they would not know that unless they had listened. And that, right. and that, and that means a lot to me. It means, means the world to me actually. So, you know, and, and to me that even means more than just a simple, I like your show. You know, I, I get that a lot. It's like, well, okay, what do you, oh, it's good. I like it. And, um, and, and that's fine. What about it? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Feel free and pick on me for being Delilah that likes ice cream. Oh my God. Oh well, man. Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny you say that. See, there's another, there's another thing that you just brought up. Uh, What's that? About, about, um, about, uh, someone that came to your show and said they like you know hey I like this or, or they make fun of you because of the ice cream like you said you know they've listened yeah. um, when, when when an artist sends me something a fellow artist okay. um, I don't just I don't just um, well sometimes it depends on who it is if it's somebody who sends me stuff all the time then I may just send back you know like the emoji rock horns yeah it is. but yeah. A, lot of, a lot of the time if an artist is releasing an album or they send me this or whatever behind the scenes or whatever I'll always comment on something specifically about you know that so they know that I've listened and not and I don't do just that I mean I want to I want them to know I mean, they're going yeah. to share something with me I want them to know what I, you know that's what I would expect somebody would you know I would hope that if I said it somebody I would want the same thing so yeah absolutely and I, I you know it's reciprocal at that point you know, and and that's yep. and that and that's part of being a in a it, well easy for me to say, and, and that's uh that's the cool part right. about being part of a community. Yep. So exactly. um, so that being said, so uh, let's uh, let's kind of loop things back around and see if we can kind of wind down a bit. But um, I'd sure. like you to um you know take the opportunity and talk about the uh, the various projects you've got going on and anything that you want anybody listening to know about and uh, and to basically uh, hype the stuff that you're working on. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I appreciate that, man. It's it's kind of fun to every once in a while it's. Uh, um, it's fun to kind of talk about what you're doing and let people know what you're doing. I mean, recently I had somebody who, who asked me for that, um, uh, Verge studios up in Bothell. Um, okay. where they do live television and, and, um, recording. And he, um, wants to do uh, a feature on me. And I was like, what? And, you know, and, um, so he asked me to put together some sort of a DOS AA, you know, uh, resume specifically on music and what's done oh. and it's like you know sometimes sometimes it's kind of cool to be able to go back and look at that and and um see where you've been and that's not just for me that's for anyone 
Um, but relating to your question, um, yeah, what I'm, you know, I guess what I'm doing now is, um, yeah, and I know we've talked a little bit about it, but so my main project, because um, I'm a songwriter as well, mm-hmm. um, is Grieve the Astronaut. And right. it's a band that, um, you know, it's like, like I said, it's very Pink Floydy. We, we've done about four or five shows. Um, we're, we're right now in the process of recording um, the next album. And um, you can find out, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff about us at grievetheastronaut.com. It's our website. We have, you know, Facebook, of course, and River Nation. But the website gives you, you know, go there and you can find, hear our story. You can see like hear the music on Spotify, you know, on the on the uh, media page. You can see live video, music videos. You can, I have a page there to talk about the, uh, the other members of the band, um, about even some of our fans, um, you know, that... Um, uh, that come out and see us a lot of times, so we can you know, people can know what our fan, who, you know, who our fans are and what they're about, and then funny stuff as well, you know, pop culture things that bands into. But um, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, the, the other band is StrangeAllRight.com. Or Strange All Right, the website StrangeAllRight.com. Um, Regan Lane, like I said, is the the main, the main songwriter of that group, and um, there's six different people in this group: two guitar players, bass, drums. Get myself on keys, and then Regan plays a little guitar, but he also mainly does just the singing. And it's power pop, and it's great stuff. And the same thing, you go to the website, you know, the samples of music. Um, we just released a music video just here in the last couple of months called All of Us Are Strange, um, which has um, great lyrics. The, the hook in the song is, oh. oh, the world's a mess. Uh, uh, oh, we do our best. All of us are strange, but we're all right. You know, and it's just positive reflections on how you look at the world. And, yeah, we're all different. We're all strange. Great. It's awesome. You know, yeah, it, um, it's but, about celebrating yeah. our differences and celebrating diversity and all uh, and positivity at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that song. I love the video. Um, and yeah, um, uh, ever since I, I connected with you guys and the other folks in Strangely, I've uh, uh, really dug into that stuff. And I, I, I really like the message that you guys put out. Well, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll pass that on to the, the embrace. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, you know it's a lot of fun. That band is one of the funnest bands I've ever been in, and everyone is at a high level of musicianship, and we all could not be more different with our music taste, and it just all works together. But that's strangeall.com. And then my wife, I just got married this last October, Jessica Lynn. Um, she's a she moved here over here from Denmark about eight years ago, and uh, we got married on October 14th. Anyway, she is a country artist. Okay, that's why she came to the U.S. And she's also a U.S. citizen because her dad was American. Oh. Um, but uh, Jessica-Lynn.com, mm-hmm. um, she's got this, re- released her first Nashville album last year. Fantastic. she got to work with some Grammy winners and um, um, did the whole thing in Nashville. Uh, it's, it's not old country. It's not new country. It's not classic. It's a combination of all of it. I mean, you, when you go to a Jessica Lynn show, you get a little bit of of everything, you know, from the classics to um, traditional type of country to some of the that new sound. You know, okay. That's coming out. Maybe not the bro country, but, you know, some of the other. <laughs> um, and, you, and, you're you're not wrong, though. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. Someone can call me out if they want. But it, it, and, and it's the most challenging group that I'm in um, because, you know, I, I remember when I first started playing in her group, I remember thinking, uh, wow, um, uh, you know, country music. I mean, it's like rock music, right? And uh, yeah, it, it, to a degree, but there's it's it's different. It's a lot different. It really challenges me from a player standpoint. You know, with playing piano and organ, because each group is a little different. You know, 
with Jessica, I play piano and organ. With Strange All Right, I play piano, organ, synthesizer, um, couple synthesizers. And Grievy Astro, that same thing. Um, that's another reason I do all these different projects, is because it feeds a different part of my musicianship. And uh, the um, the other group that I play with right now is a group called Limberlost. Um, and you obviously you know who they are. You just them. Yeah, they're you know, okay. The <laughs> yeah, they're all right. You know, they're they're you know really really good song songs. Um, music is very spiritual in nature. Um, they're not. They don't label themselves as a Christian rock band or secular. They just label themselves as a rock band, and I think that's the right way to do it. But it's a that's a lot of fun playing in that band. And they're uh, limberlostmusic.com. So all these bands obviously are. They're walking the talk. They're putting out new music. Every one of these bands I'm talking about is in the process of recording an album, or you know, or a single, or whatever that are being that is being released this year. Um, and I, I am as well. I mean, I did. That's four groups I mentioned, but I'm also working on a solo, another solo piano album. In 2002, I released "Door with Your Tears," which was my first debut solo album. And this is my sixth solo album, which is another piano album. So I'm working on that. That's called Accidental Grace. Okay. Um, so doing that, um, I'm in a band called Monsters in the Dark, which is a, a it's basically a showcase band. We basically play once a year. Just some of the uh, artists from different bands, we get together and put put together a set and play. Um, I'm part of a collaborative effort. My band, Grievy Astronaut, and Strange L. Wright are part of a collaborative effort. With a band called in a band called Mannequin Bonfire. Uh, matter of fact, this is the first time I've ever even mentioned that. But uh, it's a brand oh, new band, okay. which is like I said, which is a collaboration with Grievy Astronaut and Strange Joe Wright. Some more information about that will be coming out soon. Nice. Um, and then, um, and then occasionally, um, I do uh, I sit in with um, a European Grammy winning saxophone player um, Paul Flatel, who lives in Puyallup, but he's a good friend of mine, and so we do shows together every now and then, and. Um, yeah, yeah, and then you know, I played with different bands. You know, you know, I don't want to bore people. But I mean, just over the years, like a lot of musicians, I played with a lot of different bands over yeah. the years, and um, I've had the opportunity to open up for um, Gipo Wine, Blue Oyster Cult, um, Nazareth, Berlin, um, Johnny Lang, um, Creedence Clearwater. Um, you know, I mean, it's some really exciting and fun things that have happened, um, and still are, and. Um, Albeit maybe I sleep a little bit better at night because I'm a little bit more tired being 50 trying to do all this stuff at the same time. Yeah, right. (laughs) When you ask me about what projects I'm doing, that's the projects I'm doing, but each of those bands have rehearsal schedules. Mm -hmm. Each of those bands have recording schedules. And then we also have, you you take each one of those bands and multiply that by 20. And that's other bands that are in our genre that we're friends with and that want us to come see their shows. And go to their CD releases, and and um, again, why time management is so important. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that all these bands that I'm involved with, kind of like the Tacoma Love thing, had those three things that we talked about um, that they all had in common. Yeah. One thing that one thing that these three or that these all these bands and the projects I'm involved with um, have in common is that everyone. Um, it's kind of a corny thing to say, but they're good hangs. Oh, okay. Great hangs. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of fun to hang out with when we're not doing music, and um, they're non-judgmental. There's no drama. There's zero drama. Um, we have we have a great time. Um, there's mutual respect within all the groups. I don't want to say there's no egos because musicians we all have egos, but egos are checked at the door. Uh, people will actually listen to one another. Um, 
I remember when Sergio Wright was in the studio and Troy Moss, who's uh, one of my brothers in that band, um, and very, very accomplished um, songwriter and guitar player himself. And he was playing a part, and um, Regan was trying to sing the part that he had in his head to him, because most of the time we come up with our own parts, but every now and then there's a certain part that Regan wants us to play. And, you know, communicating how that idea or what that idea is can be tricky. Well, so Regan was trying to explain the idea to him, and uh, he, uh, Troy just went, Troy started doing a little bit, and, but he wasn't exactly getting it. And it wasn't that he could play the notes. It was just he wasn't hearing the kind of exact style of the way the riff on the riff. So Troy stopped, unplugged it, not unplugged it, but turned the volume down, pulled the guitar off and handed it to Regan. And not, and not in a shitty way, not like, hey, well, you, know, you show me. Yeah. I mean, no ego involved. He just said, hey, why don't you show me real quick? Because Regan's a guitar player. He knows that. Regan goes, cool. Didn't think anything of it. They did it. I'm sitting there going, Oh my God! One of another hundred reasons I love being in this band because a lot of times, I mean, that those egos. Well, you're the lead singer. What what are you going to show me? I'm a guitar player, or the keyboard player showing the guitar player, or the guitar player showing the keyboard an idea. And it's like try everything, and that's one of the like I said. That's another thing. I mean, every one of these bands, good hangs, um, respects each other, and everyone in these bands goes and supports the local community community. Everyone, you know, maybe not all the time. You know, sometimes some people have, you know, little, you know, younger kids who can't go out all the time, but they still do. They go out and support them. They support them on social media, whatever. Right. That's that's one of the things that have attracted to me, all that. Other than that, um, I'm a Grammy voting member, have been since 1996. Um, I'm the president of the uh, Ted Brown uh, Music Outreach Program, Ted Brown Music Outreach Program. And I'm a mentor during the summer for the Live It Out Loud program, which is a rock and roll camp. I do some blogging for sure, and for gigs for you in Seattle. And um, like I said, I'm getting ready to release my sixth solo album and seventh band album um, this year. Nice. And uh, yeah, and just you know, got a new puppy. Has nothing to do with music, but. <laughs> well, no, of, I mean that that is a pursuit unto itself. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Raymond Hayden, this is uh this has been an absolute pleasure and I know we can uh Likewise. we can talk for several more hours and I get the feeling that we probably will at some point in the future. Um uh before I let you go, could you uh let folks know uh you you mentioned you uh you mentioned the websites for your uh, uh bands and projects individually, but if folks wanted to connect with you on social media, websites, um other folks, uh, other ways folks can find you aside from the band's websites that you just uh, you just mentioned. Yeah, um, you know if you go to well, um, if you go to my uh, Facebook, for example, I have Raymond Hayden. Um, I just have a personal page on Facebook. Um, I have a Raymond Hayden artist page. Um, that's probably the best way to see what's going on because I everything that I do with music and, and you know whether any one of these bands or projects or any anything I'm doing, um, I'll release it there. But that's so that's just simply Raymond Hayden artist page. Um, Greasy Astronaut has an artist page. Um, I have, uh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Maurice the Fish. I'm on Instagram at, at Grieve the Astronaut. And um, that's about it for the social media. I mean, I, have, I do have a website 
um, grievedtheastronaut.com. Then I talked about that before, but that's that's my own personal one. So that you'll be able to see a few more personal things on there with blogs and stuff like that. But does that answer your question, Mr. Cyber? It, it Mr. does. Cyber. Well, and and I was going to say that like your Reverb Nation page is uh, seems like a pretty good resource also, and it kind of connects to Absolutely. some of the other stuff. Um, yep, it does. Absolutely. Awesome. So, um, uh, a couple last things before we let you go. Uh, was there anyone you would like to acknowledge or give shout-outs to uh, that you might not have mentioned? Um, wow. Look at you calling me out. Well, I want to thank you, Mike Seibert, um, for <laughs> being such a great supporter of of, uh, of local music. Um, you know, you're, you're, everyone around here is getting to know who you are. And um, it's sincere. We've met you in person, so he's for real, folks. He may be the Delilah of of radio, but uh, of podcast. But Delilah he, of ice cream. He, <laughs> Delilah of ice cream. But uh, you know, so shout out to you, my friend, oh. for uh, supporting um, local music scenes. Another shout out to um, Andrew Brooks Brooksy um, for being in one of the biggest music supporters in the community. Um, some of the local um, people who uh, the venue owners, um, uh, Peter and Kate. Kate Kessling mm-hmm. um, from Louis G's, um, Rachel Hogan from Jazz Bones, Jack over at the Swiss, um, Dano, who's over there doing real art and uh, the airport tavern, um, Jeff Call over at the uh, Stonegate, um, and on and on. There's, I mean, there's so many different places, but those are some of the local places around here that are doing it. Um, other than that, um, I want to give a big shout-out to my beautiful wife, Jessica Lynn, for all these things we've been talking about mm-hmm. and sound like it takes me up she supports me doing all of it awesome Absolutely. never i've never ever ever been nagged at i've never i mean we just we both compartmentalize you know compartmentalize and and uh, balance our time out and so i couldn't do what i do without her um she's an inspiration um other than that um god there's so many people yeah you know the bands that i'm in you know strange all right um limber lost grieve the astronaut i just go and thanks all those band leaders yeah. and other than that yeah just Thanks to the fans out there who keep coming to the shows. Awesome. And uh, uh, speaking of the shows, uh, the next time we can see you live is going to be this Saturday, February 10th at Real Art Tacoma for the Tacoma Love Show. Um, uh, Anything else you want to mention about uh, the Tacoma Love Show that we haven't yet? A couple of things real quick. So like you said, it's it's, uh, this coming up Saturday, February 10th. Proceeds. A lot of the proceeds are going to be going to two nonprofit organizations. It's really important that that should be acknowledged. Is that Pierce County YWCA, which is basically it's, it's they're invested in transforming lives of domestic violence victims. Uh, awesome community resource center at Lincoln High School, which is helping support homeless students in Tacoma. Um, so it's giving back to music. That's what a lot of this program is. Tacoma Love is simple. Artists that believe in love for music. Love for creative friends and love for community. Kim Archer, Andrew Lynn, Sataria, Kristen, Marlo, Jessica Lynn, Champagne Sunday, Sister Madam, Forrest Michelle, and Strange All Right, all performing a song of their own and covering one another's songs. Uh, very unique show. Um, doors are at 6.30, shows at 7 p.m. Tickets are available on com. And um, if you're 10 and under, you're free. So there you go. Ooh, extra bonus. I, I love that. Show. I love that. 
<laughs> yeah, and if uh, if you happen to be at the show, roll up to Ray. He's going to be the first, uh He's going to be the handsomest dude in the room with the the uh, sculpted graying beard. Got the got the silver fox action going on there. And uh, uh, tell him you happen to hear about this on the Mike Cyber Radio Show podcast, and and that would just Absolutely. be that'd be cool. You know, just uh, uh, spread the spread the community as uh, as we keep saying. And uh, I I actually just uh. uh wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, uh, real art as well I've uh, um, I've been involved with some shows in them in the past they've uh, they've got a great volunteer staff it's an all-ages venue um, and it's 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 always been a really cool supportive place for um, uh, all kinds of bands and folks that love the scene and it's uh, it's really cool uh, uh, realarttacoma.com Um and I and I think that's about all I've all I've got about with that. Um and with that, Ray, um yes. thanks for being on the show today, and we will talk again in the future. We shall my uh, I mean Delilah. I mean <laughs> you know, I, I need to find some way to have like an ice cream related sign off, you know, kind of like how Casey Kasem would have like, you know, you know, keep your feet on the ground and keep your eyes on the sky or, or whatever the hell it was. Uh, but yeah, yeah, maybe something ice cream related. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kind of uh, I'll workshop that. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, a lot of lot of a lot of content we talked about for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, um, and um, and yeah, like like I said, we'll we'll definitely have to we'll have to do it again. Cool, all right, man. You be good. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, sounds great, man. Thanks. All right, bye. All right, bye, bye. <sighs> Out of time. Another show done and in the books. I'd like to thank Raymond Hayden again for taking the time to chat with me today. That was a lot of fun. And I'd like to thank you for listening this week and every week you come and hang out with me. Um, If you'd like to listen to any of my old shows and podcasts, including all of my old college radio shows, you can listen and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of my old KGRG stuff, um, if you're listening on uh, Before Thursday, uh, because on uh, this Thursday, February 8th, it will be the second installment of Mike and Mickey After Dark, The Lost Episodes. Uh, This episode coming up covers uh, February 8th of 2016. Um, So I I found some old radio shows that hadn't been published before. So tune in to listen to what uh, myself and Mickey and Amanda and Spencer with Fries, what we were talking about two years ago. Um, uh, That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, Also coming up in the next couple weeks of the show, I've talked about this before, um, I'll be talking talking to Lucia Fasano um, and Kyle Stevens from uh, Kirby Crackle. We're going to be talking about Crackle Fest 8, which again is going to be March 2nd at the Hard Rock in Seattle in conjunction with Emerald City Comic Con. And speaking of Comic Con, I will also be talking to Jason Halverson from Costume Characters for Causes. He's going to talk about the uh, photo booth that they will have set up in the Family HQ area of uh, this year's Emerald City Comic Con, so you won't want to miss any of that. All of that more coming up in future episodes of Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, Like, share, rate, and review the podcast wherever you find it. 
And if you'd like to help give us a boost and kind of uh, boost the profile of this little independent show, uh, post a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, you'll maybe do a screen grab, hit me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Mike Seibert Radio or send an email to MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. Regardless, let me know that you've given me a review um, and I will give you a shout out and re- read your reviews on the air. My name is Mike and this has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time... Make good choices.